0: So who could imagine that lying in a manger was a king? Thank you so much, Akiri, for that awesome song. I want you to turn with me into your Bibles today. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2. And uh, I want to just read the scripture from beginning from verse 11. And it says there, for there, is born, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, what a privilege, what an honor it is that we can come before your throne of grace, not because of anything that we've done, anything that we've accomplished, none of our merits, but all because of the cross of Christ. And we can come nigh, reconciled by the blood of the Lamb. And I want to thank you today that your word ministers life, Lord. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, that the entrance of your words brings forth light. And, it, and Lord, I, I want to thank you that it even brings understanding to our minds. So today, let this word bless every person watching in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you're joining us online, Merry Christmas, a very blessed Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. And it's a great occasion to celebrate today. I know that we've had a pretty hard year, but, um, but we have a reason to be jolly. We have a reason to be merry. We have a reason to be joyful. We have a reason to be hopeful. And that reason is, of course, Jesus Christ. I want to preach to you today on love in a manger, love in a manger. I want to say that Christmas is truly a remarkable story. And you know, no matter how many times you and I celebrated each and every year, I think this will be 57 years that I've been celebrating Christmas, there is always something very special about it. Of course, we can remember Joseph and Mary making their journey all the way to Bethlehem. We can remember about the shepherds in the field we can remind ourselves about the angels who were in the sky and that the glory of the Lord shone all around in that place. That's what the Scriptures declare. We can remember and recall the multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. We remember the star in the heavens, the beautiful star, the Star of Bethlehem. We can remember the Magi who traveled thousands of miles to come and when they found the child brought forth their precious gifts as they bowed down in worship. And all of that is great. But actually, Christmas is so much more than just a story, it is a true story. And it is history, or maybe should we say his story. But more importantly, Christmas is your and my story. And it's the story of when love came down in the person of Jesus. And love is such a beautiful thing, isn't it? When you think about love, you think about the love between a husband and a wife. Or you think about the love between a parent and a child. Or just love between two ordinary people. And at Christmas time, uh, there seems to be an an extra measure of this love around us. People give to each other. And most people agree that love is the most beautiful thing in the world. And it is because every human being responds to love. And you've heard me say it, and I'll say it again, that if an animal can respond to love, how much more human beings respond to the love of God and the love that comes from people. But I want to ask you a question today. Where does all of this love come from? Of course, you know the answer, it comes from God, because the Bible says God is love. In 1 John 4 and 8, it says God is love. And I want you to understand, family, that there's never been a time when there was no God, which also means that there was never a time, there never has been a time when there was no love. The Bible begins in Genesis 1 and 1, and you know the scripture. It says there in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so if we said that God is love, then we could rewrite Genesis 1-1, in a way, and we could say, In the beginning, love created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, love spun a universe across the stretches of time. In the beginning, love created light, light. And then love created the stars and the sun and the moon. And and then love went on and created the mountains and the rivers and great waters that cover the earth. And then love went ahead and created and formed and shaped every animal. And then love went even further and created the trees and all the types of vegetation and fruit. And then on that sixth day, on that incredible day, it was in fact love that created its greatest masterpiece. That's you and I. I want you to know that love has always existed right from the very beginning. Even before the world was created, love existed. You say, How do you know this? Well, Jesus, one time, is having a conversation with the Father. And in John 17 24, It says there, he's talking to the Father. He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. Now listen, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. So I want to ask you, who did God love before he created the world and all its people? We know that God is one, and yet We know the Bible teaches he exists in 3 persons: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is talking to the Father and says, Father, you loved me before you even created the world. And so what we glean from that scripture is that the Father loved the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the Son loved the Father and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit loved the Father and the Son. What am I trying to say to you this morning? I'm trying to tell you that love has always existed because God has always existed and we know that God is love. But the amazing thing is that God, is that God was able to look forward in time and love you and I. Have a look with me in Ephesians 1 and 4. In the NIV version it says, For He chose us, for He God chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then look, in love, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. I like the way the Passion Translation puts that quite, quite nicely, actually. It says there, and he chose us to be his very own. Joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe, because of his great love for you and me, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained, innocent. Wow. Isn't it amazing, family, that God chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, and he chose to love us. As a matter of fact, after God created the very first human being, Adam, he placed him in the garden. And right away, this amazing love that God had for mankind was made evident. And right there in the garden, Adam and Eve fellowshiped and communed with God. They walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. And they named the animals, and they ruled, and they reigned. And all of this activity in the garden was really an outward expression of the love of God that God had for Adam and Adam had for God as well. But we know that there was somebody else in that garden, somebody who had known that love and who knew what it meant to be loved by God himself. Of course, we're talking about Lucifer, who was once upon a time the worshiping angel of heaven. And he was right in the thick of that love, wrapped around and shrouded with God's love. And in that very atmosphere of love, Lucifer led the worship of heaven. But we know that he rebelled and fell, and now he was in that garden. And if he couldn't have that love, then he was going to make sure that neither would Adam have that love. And I want you to know that is the very purpose and mission of sin it's to take you away from the love of God, to disconnect you from the very thing that would give you life and give you purpose. And, of course, we know that Lucifer succeeded because we know that Adam rebelled and succumbed and fell. But, family, I want you to know that God didn't stop in his pursuit to love mankind because God is love, and it is in his nature to love and love began in the heavens before time and before creation, but love came down to earth at Christmas time. And now, love was in a manger. The miracle of Christmas is that the babe in a manger was not only God wrapped up in human flesh, but it was love in a manger. And God so wanted to love mankind that when he couldn't find any angel, Or any other created heavenly being to fulfill the mission of loving you and I. He sent his one and only son, wrapped him in human flesh and laid him there in a manger. And no wonder the shepherds came. No wonder the magi traveled all that way, bearing precious gifts. Because why? Love had drawn them. And there in that manger lay love. Love in a manger. You know, God was so desperate to bring this love down to earth that he did even something beyond our wildest imagination, something that this world thinks and still does today, thinks that it might be primitive, medieval, superstitious, and maybe even incidental. And even today, they would laugh and mock at this very thing, how that God Almighty would impregnate a young, innocent, and ordinary woman There was nothing really special about this Mary other than that she was a virgin. But by the power of the Holy Ghost, she conceived in her womb and became pregnant. But let me tell you that there was nothing incidental about the virgin birth. And I want to tell you, family, that it was and is and always will be fundamental to the Christian faith. You see, if you take away the virgin birth, then you take away the hope of mankind. And the whole thing collapses like a stack of cards. When the angel came to Mary, she was so confused because this love thing defies reason and logic. It defies science and biology. This love makes no sense whatsoever. And Look at Luke chapter 1 verse 30. It says that the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And verse 34 says, then Mary said to the angel, (laughs) how can this thing be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. You see, God's love for mankind was so outrageous that it even defied science and biology. It's not supposed to be that way. Who is able to wrap their minds around such an inconceivable thing? Who can even understand such a thing? But you know what I've learned? That you don't need to understand something in order to validate it. There's a lot of things in this world that we don't understand. For example, how is it that a brown cow can eat green grass and produce white milk, which later can be turned into yellow butter? Can you explain that? No, I can't. But that is the love of God. You see, it defies all reason and logic. And there in that manger lay love. Love in a manger. We often see the babe that lay in a manger, but actually it was love wrapped up in human flesh. And it was love that lay in a manger. And look at the response The angels rejoiced. The shepherds were happy and rejoiced. The magi rejoiced. Even the animals were happy. How How do you know that? Because like I told you, animals know how to respond to love. They respond to love. And there was love in a manger. But family, I want you to know that God's love for you and I was so great that love couldn't just lay in a manger. But love grew up. And love was in a family And then one day love began to work and did carpentry for that matter. And one day love found itself at the shores of Galilee. And in that river Jordan, love was baptized. And the Holy Spirit came upon love. And a voice called out and responded to love. It was love responding to love. And this love was made manifest to a lost and hopeless dying world. And love spoke, and love taught, and love healed. And one time, love wept, and love slept, and then love walked on water, and love forgave, and love restored, and love delivered, and love fed, and love reconciled. But love couldn't stop there. Love came down from heaven to earth, and love lay in a manger, and then loved and manifested the incredible grace and mercy of God. But love couldn't stop there. Look at Matthew's account of the birth when the angels speak to Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says that, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. You see, love lay in a manger, but love couldn't stop there. Love in a manger is part of the Christmas story, but it's only a part, and there's so much more to this incredible love Do you know, family, that Jesus lived his entire life in the shadow of the cross? And love not only came down to earth at Christmas and lay in a manger, but also love came down to the cross to pay the price for your and my sins so that we can be redeemed and reconciled back to the heart of God so that we too could respond to this love It's the very nature of of every human being to be loved. Why? Because, as I've said before, we were created by God and made in His image and similitude. And we know that God is love. And so, in our spiritual DNA is the very desire to be loved. As human beings, we respond to love. And Christmas is really all about love. That God wrapped love in human flesh And gave him as a gift to you and me. And love is by far the most beautiful thing in this whole wide world. And the greatest thing that Christmas is, is that this love is there for you and for me. And I don't know what maybe 2020 has brought to you. Maybe there's been disappointment. Maybe you feel let down. Maybe you feel, I don't know rejected abandoned i don't know maybe there are some things that you're not happy about right now but i want to tell you that love lay in a manger and love looked at you and looked to where you are at today and i want to tell you friend whoever you are watching right now that god loves you that's the very nature of god The love that came from heaven was an unconditional love. There are no strings attached to the love of God. He loves you because he was the living, walking, talking personification of love. And today, love reaches out to you. And uh, the easiest thing that you and I could ever do is just simply respond to love. When we fight love, it's actually hard. It takes a lot of Uh, what can I say? Just a lot of attitude. It takes a lot of hardness of the heart. It takes a lot of fight. It takes a lot of guts to actually repel this love. It's a lot easier to give in and yield to this love. And a lot of the times it's because of the voices that we hear in our heads saying that we're not good enough, that we're not worthy enough, that we're not holy enough, that we're not up to standard. And so, therefore you know, we are not valuable enough for for this precious love. We don't deserve this love. In truth, we don't deserve this love, but that's all about the grace of God and the mercy of God and Jesus taking our place on the cross. So every one of you watching deserves the love of God right now. Don't let that condemnation, don't let that guilt Don't let that thing that you did stop you from coming to God's love. And right now, there are many of you that you're out of God's love, out of the circle of that love. I mean, if you think about how it was that the angels and the shepherds and the magi and everybody responded to that babe in a manger. It was just an ordinary babe, but it was love that was in a manger. And they all responded to that love. And you can respond today. And I believe you're at that place right now, just simply opening your heart and inviting this love. It would be the greatest gift that you could ever receive. I know that people are, have given you gifts today, and you've opened up your presence, and that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Those are earthly gifts, but there's a gift greater than the gift that you received today. Whatever that gift was, there's God's love just for you. And I'd like to invite you right now, if you know that your life is not right with God, you have no peace, and you're maybe fighting this love, and maybe you, you have a thousand and one reasons why you ought not to, and why you should not, and why you do not deserve the love of God. The cross validates you and I. And the cross, as I've said before, is all-inclusive, and you can come as you are. So right there in your homes... Would you bow your heads and would you say this prayer off to me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Just as I am with all of my faults and all of my weaknesses. And I recognize today that this Christmas story is a remarkable story about love. Love in a manger. And that love is for me. And right now, I receive God's love. I open my heart and my life, and I welcome this love that came down to earth on this Christmas day. And that same love that was crucified and hung suspended between heaven and earth, and that love that was resurrected by the power of the Holy Ghost. I respond to God's love. And with my heart, I believe. And with my mouth, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior. Right now, by your blood, my sins are forgiven. And I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just let us know just on the comment section? Just tell us, I prayed that prayer and received God's love, and I'm trusting that you will be overwhelmed by the love of God and that this Christmas today, this very special day, there is going to be an overflow of God's love in your heart as you share this family time and maybe getting ready to have a meal cooking and getting ready for maybe just the four of you, maybe husband, wife, and two kids or just little families, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm trusting and believing that because love lay in a manger and love came down from heaven to earth, that there is that same love in your heart for one another, amen? And so I do pray and trust that you would be blessed. Father, I want to thank you today for your word that's come to us. Love in a manger. Let there be the manifestation of this love. Not because we're receiving gifts from each other, but because the love of God has been poured in our hearts. And I pray that there would be a sharing of this love. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, family, Um, I want to just look at some of the comments that have come through. And thank you for spending time with us. Merry Christmas. A lot of you wishing us Merry Christmas. Once again, on behalf of my wife and myself, and of course, Sister Nell, the whole pastoral team, the whole staff of the Durban Christian Center, we are praying and trusting for you and wishing you a very blessed Christmas, a very merry Christmas. I know that this year has been heavy, and there's been lots of things that have happened, but may we cherish this joyful moment as we contemplate love in a manger. That love was there for you and for me. So from all of us, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you again this coming Sunday at 9 a.m. God bless you. We love you so much.